This is Guy Sedell, bringing you stories from people with dirt. Stories from the good, the shady, the honorable, and the bastards. I bring to you the Dirt Pod Podcast. Because we can agree metal sucks shit. Fuck you. Welcome to the Guy Sedell Dirt Pod Podcast. In studio this week, we have our guest, Tony Orris. He's a world-traveling musician, uh, wig wearer, uh, music snob, and beard-having son of a bitch. All the above. All the above. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> and we got our, our studio friend, uh, comedian Eileen Dobbins over here in the other corner. How are we doing, Eileen? I am terrific. Thank you. Now, these two are both friends of mine. Um, Tony, I know, has some some great stories for you guys. Uh, but but I thought there's a cool dynamic here because Eileen here is a homeschooled Mormon from Montana. Oh, boy. Famously. Are, yes. are we getting theological already right off the bat? <laughs> yeah. Like, by, by, by the way, it is Sunday morning, and I'm here under protest because it is the Lord's Day. It is the Lord's Day. I should. And I, you are a very Jesus. I should be on my knees right now. <laughs> you should be, but you don't need to pay the rent that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Before we, before we get into some of the dirt with uh, with with Tony, I want to bring up a couple uh, things that are going on in the, in the world right now. One uh, this week, uh, Harry Shearer got canned from The Simpsons. Did you guys what? hear that? What I did not yeah. hear that. How is and I don't I haven't watched Simpsons for a while, but I, but I did check in a couple years ago. It's still funny and it's it still relevant. Yeah. And Harry Shearer is backbone. All, yeah, backbone. He is. He's. Let's see. I, I wrote him down. He is Mr. Burns. Yep. He's Ned Flanders, he's Smithers, he's Jasper Beardley, he's McBain, he's Lenny, he's Principal Skinner, he's Otto. Yep. And then there's probably a million other ones. So I don't know. Man, they're gonna have to hire twenty people to Yeah, that's kinda that's kinda weak. Or one Craig Gas. Is he still still doing La Show? That's a that's a great podcast. Uh he did that from I be, I believe KCRW down in Santa Monica. I listened to that for a lot of years, but kinda lost track of that. Really? Yeah, because now I'm listening to your podcast. Of course, <laughs> the the Dirt Pod podcast, number I'm, one podcast I, in the world. I mean, uh, Eileen's sexy and everything, but I was uh-huh. really, I was really hoping to grab Andy's tits today. <laughs> he doesn't have them anymore. Really, Andy's, Andy's lost like sixty yeah, something he's pounds. Lean. Mm-hmm. He's lean. He still, you know, wears it. You know, like, like <laughs> you yeah. know, like you just want to suckle him. His, yeah, his boobs are gone on on, on Andy Gold. I don't, uh, I don't check. Uh, also on the Earhole Media Podcast Network, uh, Andy Gold's Big Wet Podcast. So check that out, people. Um, another. I went on a Tinder date last week. Did you? Know? I did. I the first one. Is that is that your first uh, dating site as well? Um. Yeah. Actually. Wow. Ever yeah. done that, Eileen? I have. Have you? Oh, I, many times. Really? Has actually, it worked out? Yeah. I'm clearly I'm very successful at relationships. No, I'm. It's, no, I'll How be. Al- I'll be alone forever. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, all right. Let's. Look. Hey, look. We're all of. Of age, and we're all single. Mm. So at least you tried it, though. You got married. I did. You? Yeah, I've been married. Everyone should do it once, I think. Yeah. So mm. so t- are you on Tinder, Tony? It's expensive. It's expensive. No, no, no Tinder for tea. You know, it's mm. kind of fun. I never intended to go out with anybody on Tinder, mm-hmm. and it uh, wasn't my intention. But it's kind of fun just to, like, swipe. That one's kind of like, yes, yes, no, yeah. no, yes, yes. And then when, then when they match you back, I did this experiment on Tinder. It was pretty cool. Uh, one day I swiped nothing but tens, like just the hottest, the baddest ass chicks ever swiped right. right on nothing but those, heard nothing back. The next day I just swiped right on everybody and got about three or four back. Swiping right is approving, Approval. correct? Yeah. Okay. Right. And then one day- I'm not uh, feigning ignorance, Eileen. I'm not. <laughs> it's like, hmm, 
Mm, well, sure. Nah. The third day, I swiped right on just goddamn Muppets. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just brutal. Right. And, right. and I was getting messages. Hey, funny man. <laughs> I like your picture. And they're just these like Walmart looking. hags. Yeah. Then I'm like, you have a smartphone? I'm surprised at that. <laughs> Are you tindering from a rotary? Like, how does this work? But you, I went on, I finally went on a date. Uh, from Tinder, did you did you pick a uh, a ten or a one? Uh, no, no, this shit was this shit was cool. I picked because here's the thing: is is the, the girls when I think of a ten, you I pick, think you pick by personality. The older I get, it's getting more that way. Yeah, I mean, they have to have like something attractive about them other than 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 their looks. Mm-hmm. But when I was in my twenties, it was you want I always wanted the porn star chick, the like makeup and hair and the boobs and all that stuff because it's a trophy. As I get older, I want them to be attractive, but like kind of on a modest. In a modest way, I don't. I don't want the the uh, '80s video looking chicks anymore. No, but I. But they have to be that. But they also have to like have something about them. And this is shit everybody else discovered years ago. But they have to have something about them that's like that they have, that they're passionate about or something. I can't just. I can't just be like. Oh, you're hot. At some point, you need conversation. After after yeah. after you blow a load, you kind of actually have to talk. Yeah. Well, you don't have to, but well, a- I mean, after your hip replacement, you're going to need to be able to have someone you can talk to. Exactly. It's going to be less physical. Yeah. yeah. But that's mm-hmm. a, I, we'll we'll be all right alone. I mean, I figured mm-hmm. out. I, I I think I figured out that um, I'm I'm single because um, I hate people, and most women are people. Mm-hmm. Most. Yeah. yeah. Some are monsters. Yeah. <laughs> and those are the kind that like me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah do you attract the psychos? No, I don't attract anybody, really. <laughs> like, like I'm in this weird, and I'm perfectly okay with this. I'm in this weird stage where they're like, he's fun, and he's semi-attractive, so we'll hang out. And some of them are like, I'll probably even fuck him. But, like, I'm not the guy girls are like, hey, I really want to get to know you. Right. And I, and, and I get it, and I'm fine with that. I'm rough around the edges. I'm a stupid comedian, and I'm, like... I'm cynical. There's, there, there's there's certainly uh, aspect of of being uh, an entertainer in general that uh, you know a lot of women are attracted to initially, mm-hmm. and then when they find out the ins and outs of it, like you know, yeah, I'm gonna be out till two, three in the morning gigging, right? You know, collecting money, tearing down gear, and you know, and I'm not out messing around on you. The, yeah, the chips. Oh, yeah, some some some. Mm-hmm. Girls can't understand that. Most women could. I ran into a problem with my last relationship, which was, I'm not kidding you, five, six years ago. Uh, this I, I have somewhat on a, on a small level, I have a big social media presence because I'm very active on Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Because, I, because I'm a jokester. I put jokes out on Facebook. Therefore, I interact with a lot of people. Girls think because girls, other girls comment on my Facebook posts or Twitter or Instagram or whatever, that all those chicks want to fuck. And they don't. <laughs> and people, people, time has proven that they don't. <laughs> people they don't like, even want to give me a reach around. I see, I see all those girls on your. Oh, you're Mr. Popular. I see all. It's like they just because a girl comments "cute cat" when I post a picture of a cat doesn't mean she's ready to throw me a handy. Well, you know, you're posting cat pictures. You got to expect you right there, that chicks. women are gonna just flock to you, mm-hmm. dude, to, to pet my cat and call me a creep. Yeah, maybe you know you got the you got the stabbing cabin. Believe it or not, I see that a lot on Tinder. Like I'll see pictures, no cats. Like, like wow, yeah, chicks. The big things on on Tinder is Racist. must be tall. So fail right there. I'm three foot one. <laughs> um, that's that's huge on Tinder. I don't know. Is yeah. that in your bio? Uh, no, I don't care about height. 
Be, it's not a thing for me. Well, because you're well, you're not that tall either. But like no. so many girls put on there, like I'm five nine and love hills, so no shorties. Yeah. Now, if I were to say uh, I'm 170 pounds, no fatties, <laughs> <Right>. I would <laughs> get lynched. <laughs> no fat chicks. That's that's brutal. But yeah. a girls say no short guys, which I'm fine. I like I like being short. I don't have to pick shit up off shelves and. You just got a different perspective on the world. Guys yeah. do say that. They don't say it in those words, but they change it. They're like, oh, I like girls that are really active. Yeah, true. It's yeah. like, we know what you're saying. You want a girl that's thin, <laughs> it's thin. is what you're saying. Uh, I, I know people that prefer bigger women. I think it's, I think it's something that's, and that's cool in, in a way. I don't have any problem yeah. with, with, the only reason I'm not like into bigger women is because I'm not that big of a dude. I'm short and, and I'm. I'm not wide, so so. Like, so you bring. How did we get into dating and relationships? You, so you bring a woman. In, <laughs> it's every time, right? And then and then we go right off the rails right from the outset. <laughs> well, we were talking about Tinder. I think Tinder, is where that yeah. started. And then, well, you, you're a brave should, man. You're a brave man. I'm not doing it. Now, here's what you should do. You should get on Tinder and nope. just just swipe left on everybody. But you get to just see how awful a lot of people are. I've, I've figured that out in 44 years already. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't need a dating site with you know, uh, you know, with breasts to uh, to to reconfirm that uh, you know I have what, very little faith in humanity. You know what Tinder is? It's a big giant source of approval because whenever like a semi-attractive chick matches me, I'm like yeah, <laughs> and then and then and then when a a monster matches me, I'm like god damn it, that's the league I'm in. I'm in I'm in with you. How dare you swipe right on me, you uh, monster? Yeah, nope, can't do it. I have, I have to ask this girl that you met. Was she everything advertised? I mean, oh, she's she's awesome. She's she she's was. she's like, uh, and I'm not probably I don't know, but she's uh, she came to shows last weekend, and it turns out we had a lot of mutual friends. Oh, nice. Uh, and here's the big one: is she is a dog groomer mm. by uh-huh. trade. You love dogs. So, and I'm a big animal guy. So exactly. Yeah, she was cool. She's like, I'm not gonna pursue it because she's too good for me. Like, <laughs> like I would just ruin her. Like she, has, she has no business with a dirtbag like me. So I'm just gonna be like, oh, you're nice, but you should stay nice. You still have hope. You still Go have away. hope. I will ruin you. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's that's no. big of you, man. You know, we gotta we gotta know our limitations <laughs> and what we bring to the table. Cynicism, jaded worldview. I'm your man. Yes, if you like that, here I am. Yep. Yep. Let's sit, sit around and bitch uh, about people together. Sit in an airport and grumble. Are you on plenty of fish, Ellie? No, I've never done any of the notorious hookup sites. I thought t- that's, t- I thought I thought that's what was Tinder is. That's what I, I thought know. too. But like every girl says, no hookups. Which yeah, that's yeah, that's that's just we, that's fine. A weak I mean, facade. I once once that becomes a thing, like when it's like only hookups, like adult friend finders, you're in yeah. trouble. Yeah, that's a slippery slope. Well, you got to respect the Martin uh, or the Charlie Sheens of the world that just you know come out and say, look, I'm famous. I got a lot of money. I don't feel like women stalking me, so I'm going to pay for sex. Yeah. You got to respect that. Well, he had a quote. He I said, mean, not you yeah, as an no. ex-Mormon to have to respect that, <laughs> but, you know, just. Charlie Sheen said, I don't pay women for sex. I pay them to leave. <laughs> right. And that's right. that's perfect yeah. because because if you were at his level, even think of people like, like Bieber and all that, you bang a chick, she's going to be starry-eyed and, and picturing something when you're just like, I just wanted to snap one off, bitch. You got yeah. you got your eyes on my house, <laughs> right? Right. So yeah, yep. That's dangerous stuff. When you got money, it must be difficult. That's you know? another thing. Like people always jump my shit. I'm pro Bieber. I'm very pro Bieber because the kids 
what, 21 now. When he was getting in trouble, he was like 19. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, he's an asshole. He's, I was like, what would you be doing if you were if you were 19 and had $200 million? Would you be racing Lamborghinis? Yeah. Would you be banging models? Yeah. He's doing all the same shit Motley Crue did. They just didn't have phones in their pocket back then. I'm I'm pro Bieber, right? Um, Music well, aside, uh, it's it's all you could put them both in a blender and make a shit shake. As far as I'm concerned, but uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't yeah I don't think there's any. Uh, I, I haven't been uh, I haven't followed aside from the guy peeing in a bucket. I don't know what he does. He's did, been arrested, did, wasn't he? Didn't he pee in a bucket? Yeah. But okay, he, that's all I need to know about this guy. Next, next. <laughs> this is why I live up in the mountains and don't watch TV. He's it's been because caught of with the Biebers of the world. Well, he's been caught with weed. And he's been caught racing a Ferrari in the residential neighborhood, and everybody's just jumping his shit. I'm like, dude, you, you race okay. Ferraris. That's There's what real do. things going on in the world. Yeah. yeah, but ISIS isn't as fun to watch, right? Oof. Unless you're unless you're a weirdo, right? But really? uh, so in in the studio today we have guest Tony Oris. Before we get to that, I want to I want to take a minute to thank our sponsor, HeavyMetalShop.com. Downtown Salt Lake City, the Heavy Metal Shop is an institution. Been down there for nearly 30 years. You see the iconic logo on everything. Uh, Tom Araya from Slayer, Alice Cooper, Cheap Trick, they've all worn the logo. You go to the HeavyMetalShop.com, get you some swag. If you live in Salt Lake City, go down to the shop. they got CDs. they got a ton of vinyl. they got all kinds of shirts with the Heavy Metal logo and band shirts, um, CDs. And get this, they even have cassette tapes. I'm not even Groovy. kidding you. So heavymetalshop.com, head down there. All right, getting into this week's guest, Tony Oris. Tell us a little about what what you do now. Now the the main my main uh, professional thrust uh, focus is uh, Park City Productions. We do uh, tribute shows, cover bands, wig and costume production, Vegas style shows. Uh, so yes, I do have a literal wig and costume closet, uh, which is uh, terrifying when there are women at my house and they <laughs> walk into the wrong door and there's a bunch of leather and wigs hanging <laughs> from my closet. Um, so we've got you know a couple dozen different musicians and and they're uh, they're all really pro and uh, like being clowns, developing characters, doing accents and uh, and just having huge repertoires of of uh of rock music essentially um and we get calls for all kinds of stuff just had a call for a an event in colorado in a couple months a f- four-day cowboy themed bat mitzvah so we'll probably in, in addition to uh, uh, uh about a dozen other entertainers will be taking my southern rock band mullet hatchet featuring unemployed father of seven and Baptist preacher Taylor Parks <laughs> on, the vo- on the vocals on the ham bone. Where's he from? Kentucky Sippy. Kentucky Sippy. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, so Mullet Hatchet, let's run through this real quick. Mullet Hatchet is the Southern Rock Band. Yeah, we got uh, we got Metal Dogs uh, that just played at the Royal. Which They're is, playing again at the Royal the on the night. Hair metal, right? Uh, 80s butt rock. Uh, and then there's also the Breakfast Club, which is uh, male and female. So it's like Cindy Lauper and, and yeah. Duran Duran, that kind of stuff. Sounds Like Teen Spirit is our 90s uh, band that plays at Liquid Joe's every Thursday for a year now. Uh, and my favorite is uh, the Cover Dogs, and we'll do everything from Beatles to Radiohead to Tom Jones. And that's, that's not costume stuff, so. Um, not so much. No, we'll, we'll dress in kimonos just because it helps us get laid. All right. Hey, Who can resist a kimono? Yeah. 
Ladies love that. Some sexy hairy my chest. Favorite kind of dragon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So we get to do a lot of, uh, and and then I do uh, uh, like tonight uh, uh, Sundays and uh, some Mondays I do uh, Prime Steakhouse for the last eight years or so up up in Park City by yourself. My, that's a solo gig behind the piano bar, just playing acoustic guitar and nice mellow Beatles and. Uh, you know, Floyd and uh, just kind of dinner music, some ambiance. And uh, you know, sometimes it gets a little rowdy later, but I like doing the solo stuff. Nice. So you, you let's let's start from the beginning now, because I want to get into some of your dirt. Yeah. <laughs> Look out. You, you, There's no dirt people. <laughs> liar. Uh, I've heard the dirt in my car. We, yeah, we've had a couple road trips. You, you've, uh, you were raised in Wayne's World Land, correct? Aurora, Illinois. Not as exciting as it sounds. Good place to grow up. Better place to get the fuck out of. <laughs> and then I'm you... sorry, all my friends listening back in Illinois. I'm, I'm sure it's great. <laughs> no, it's awesome there. You should totally stay and have nine kids and <laughs> work the same job for so, uh, thirty years so that's and the, then that's die. A, it's the Midwest in general and, yeah. and parts of Utah. So, uh, but yeah, right out of um, right out of high school. Uh, 1988. <laughs> old. <laughs> um, Were you born then, Eileen? Uh, I was two years old. Wow, I won't be hitting on you after the show. <laughs> um, so <laughs> went uh, right out to uh, right out to Hollywood to go to music school to and be a star. To be a star, superstar. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I kind of got stuck in LA. Didn't enjoy it the last several years, but uh, met some great friends. Had made some good connections and started uh, being flown up to Salt Lake uh, of all places every Thursday to do uh, one of those wig shows. And uh, whereas the booking agent said uh, this gig will last six weeks, it ended up lasting eight years. And uh, discovered Park City in the meantime. Made a run for the hills, as Bruce Dickinson would say. And uh, yeah, I mean, Utah just every, every they just opened their arms to me and said, Hey, what would you want to DJ at the local NPR station? Do you want to, you know, produce some local cable TV stuff? And, and just threw all these opportunities at me. So I've had a ball. Yeah. Utah's great. People don't understand outside of Utah. For those of you listening, when, when people say Utah, you think of Mormons with, with, uh, prairie dresses and Gingham. Mitt Romney. Yep. <laughs> Utah's rad. It like, really is. We got great mountains. We got great outdoor stuff. Uh, one of the largest gay populations per capita we in the country. Gay, we were gayest city in America. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. In 2000, I think it was 13 or 14, we were the gayest city in America. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, we live next to a, a big old lake that smells like a butthole. You think that has anything to coincidence? <laughs> that keeps them coming. Yeah. There's some flock in here. But yeah, and then, and then up the hill in my neck of the woods, we got you know Sundance Film Festival, three great resorts. Um, yeah, so it's just a... a Park City, especially a very cosmopolitan uh, resort town. P- Park City is great, except for the smug assholes like Tony Oris. Am <laughs> I that smug? No. Wait, uh, let, let me throw my condescending hat on. Hold on, <laughs> freaking lowlander piece of shit. White <laughs> you salt lakers. <laughs> How uh, are you driving down here with your monster trucks <laughs> and your not Subarus? Right. <laughs> How dare you people not drive Subarus? Tony, Tony bought a Subaru like a year ago, and man, I let him have it. Like, oh, you're going full-blown Park City, are you? <laughs> Listen, my my street is at a very nasty angle, and when it snows like that, you, you can take your Civic and slide all the way back down the hill, motherfucker. <laughs> Those of you listening nationwide, Park City is the other famous town in, in Utah. People know Salt Lake and Park City, and they're, they know Park City because of Sundance. Yeah, yeah for, for Yeah, for, for t- you know, 10 days a uh, 
10 days every uh, every January. January. It's uh, nowhere to Park City. Yes. And uh, the, the entire entertainment industry gives a shit. And, uh, and I have to take a bus to go to work. And, do you, and, do you hobnob with celebrities? What does hob, what does hobnob mean? You, you know what? My job is to sit there and sing songs while they eat their petite filet. That's my job. Okay. Who's, who's the biggest, who's the biggest celeb you've, you've, uh, played acoustic for while they ate uh, in Park City? Uh, either last Sunday. And so the one before, I mean, I always get a bigger kick out of, out of, out of, uh, comics, uh, you know, than mm-hmm. rather than, uh, than musicians, I'm kind of over it. Um, but uh, Molly Shannon and John C. Riley. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. And 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 I sounded like shit that night. So you know, it <laughs> always works like that. But the, you know, but then the year before, when uh, when when Dave Grohl did uh, did Sound City, you know, one of the younger bus because in 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 our in our restaurant, there's the piano bar area where I'm sitting back there with an acoustic and a little PA. But there's two dining rooms that are out of ice, uh, uh, out of uh, out of my sight line. Uh, but there's a speaker that's sending me back to those rooms. So there's this. I'm I'm this. You're uh, being piped in. I'm being piped in. Uh, and so one of the younger bus boys comes running up. He's like, shit in his pants. Dave Grohl's back there. Dave Grohl's back there. <laughs> I'm like, okay. He's like, are you gonna play some Foo Fighters? I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, uh, are you gonna invite him to come up and sing a song? I'm like, no. I'm gonna let him eat his creme brulee. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Here, Dave. Let me hear one of your. You want to hear one of your songs fucked up? Right. <laughs> Right. No, no. You know, so everybody's up there working. I mean, it, unless you're driving up from Salt Lake to to walk up and down the street to try to take a picture of Paris Hilton or some idiotic, you know, goal. Um, but yeah. it, but if you're if you're in if you're up there for Sundance, it you're working. And a lot of these people are folks like us that are not high on the on the rungs of of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're up there working their films and and trying to get distribution, and they're actually working. So it's um it's it's a it's a pain to live in that town for those for those ten days. But it does bring in I think eighty million for those ten 80 days. Eighty million, yeah. Holy, it's a lot of money. I might be wrong. I shouldn't be. I, I was told there'd be no math. Don't quote me on this shit. I, I, don't, I don't work for the board of tourism. <laughs> Speaking of Dave Grohl, I'm, I want to get your 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 uh, opinion on this. I, I was arguing with a buddy one day. I'm not the biggest Nirvana fan. Right. Uh, Nor am I. Some songs. Um, I'm not the biggest Foo Fighter fans, but some songs. You know, I don't, Ditto. I don't dislike them, but I'm, but I'm not a huge fan. But I tell people Dave Grohl is the most important person in rock music since I agree. Lennon. I, I, uh, that's, that, that's pretty that, – that's not – I wouldn't argue that. Because what – when your second best band is Nirvana, you don't suck. But also, I mean, did did you see Sound City? Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, what he's doing as far as paying it forward for the mm-hmm. industry is is admirable, no matter whether or not you dig his music. And you know, it's, and, and there's other guys like that, like Tom Petty and, and Dave Matthews that I don't listen to. But every time they're talking about the industry, they're they're preaching the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, they're 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 it, it's truth to power. So. I respect those guys more than I listen to them. Yeah, you know, and, and Grohl, what like I remember this kind of like Bieber. He, yeah. It's kind of the same, yeah. peeps. Uh, in '95, I remember watching MTV clearly, and I remember the DJ. I can't remember who it was. It was a female. She says, "We have an upcoming video from Dave Grohl from Nirvana. He switched from the drummer seat to the lead vocal and guitar chair with his new band, The Foo Fighters." And I was like, "Oh, that's adorable, you drummer. Oh, you think you're gonna? Oh, you're gonna be a singer now? Right, you go, right. Mister Nirvana drummer." 
And then, yeah, twenty years later. What? Well, <laughs> hey, well, I'll I'll one up you with 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 my myopic idiocy right now because I remember about five years before that working at a Music Plus. If you remember Music Plus, yeah. we had those in California when I was living down there, and remember seeing this video on, and it's like just slow motion and people bouncing up and down and just like I'm a lyric guy and I couldn't hear I couldn't decipher one goddamn lyric I'm like this is shit I don't it was it was Nirvana (laughs) (laughs) it was sounds like Teen Spirit that's you know what I was really young when that hit I I wasn't listening to Warren at the time so it wasn't like I was into hair bands or anything I was I was into different stuff but I'm just like this sucks I clearly remember because I was like 13 or something like that when that change happened. And my, my older siblings were in their 20s. So I was into the hairband stuff. I was deep into the, the Motley Crue and the, and the Rat and all that stuff. So Nirvana came and I hated them because they killed what I loved. Of course. And then now I look back and I'm like, yeah, that, that, was, that was silly. Nirvana needed to happen. But that was the clear. I remember one day kids coming to school with like Rat and Poison t-shirts. And then the next day... Boom. Alice and James. Dead. And they were wearing flannel and boots and yeah. stuff. And that was yeah. it was pretty crazy. Yeah, that's funny. It's funny how, how it all, all goes cyclical. And, and you know, s- several years ago when, you know, when, it, when we were doing a really successful uh, run of 80s butt rock, it's because, you know, you look back two decades and that's where the nostalgia goes. Like right now yeah. there's a big 90s nostalgia. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and, and 15, 20 years ago, when I first started doing wig and costume shows, it was disco and all the corporate mm-hmm. gigs, you know, and all the big club gigs were wearing platform and, and afros and, and doing uh, Bee Gees and KC and the Sunshine Band. Mm-hmm. So what it's going to be 10 years from now, don't know, don't fucking care. Right. I, I was thinking about this one day and, and I saw a quote like this on the internet. It's peep, kids in high school now looking back on the 90s is the exact same as when I was in high school looking back on the 70s. Right. It's like, holy shit. Right. That, that makes me feel old as balls. What year did you graduate, I think? 2005. 2005? Mm-hmm. God, we're old, Tony. Indeed. 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 I'm, su- I'm surprised our fans are uh, figuring out the whole computer thing. <laughs> <laughs> the whole internet. So, so you, moved to, you moved to Utah. Uh, I, I want to hear some of, the, some, of the, some of the shit you have seen, sir. Well, as far, well uh, not now as far as... What I mean, because rock and roll is a dirty business. Rock and but... roll is a dirty business. Uh, tell me this: is is it true? Is is lead singer's disease a real thing? Now let me explain to the people out here that's never been in a band. I've been in a band for a long Expl- time. Explain LSD. LSD is uh, every singer on the planet. Every lead singer on the planet is a prick. That's basically what I'm saying right here. How many lead singers does it take to screw in a light bulb? Me to hold the light bulb and the world to revolve around me. Now, there's a reason that we warm up with me, 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 okay? <laughs> exactly. All right, listen. It, it is, if, if you're grabbing a microphone as a stand-up or as a lead singer, you have to assume that you are able to grab command of that room. Correct. A good front man in a band. Yes. Exactly. Now, there's also politics and dis- diplomacy that should come into effect when you walk off the stage and treating other guys like pros if they're in fact pros but i mean you know musicians it's they're 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 odd people so so, yeah what do lead singers have against loading loading equipment and like 
None of, the, none of the singers that I hire have anything against it. Matter of fact, they're going to grab drums with everybody else. <laughs> every every band I've ever dealt with, it's like, okay, we're done. Everybody's loading up, and the singers off talking to chicks. It's like, god damn it. No, no, that's 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 the. I mean, if you're you know if you're a bar band and you're playing once every two months and you know you're not doing it for a living, yeah, you can jag around like that. But at the end of the night, I gotta collect money. I gotta give guys checks i gotta uh help load out gear and there's there, there's no sex and drugs come on Sidel. how long's the bullshit not now like like i played my my most recent gig with my band at new year's of this year and that was the first one in a long time the band did you get laid no band days are pretty see? much done see that's my case. It's all a myth. Well, well, maybe it's because you were loading equipment no of- i had a little bit different circumstances this year uh it was just terrible timing but it back in the day mm-hmm. yeah that was commonplace i no, guess like like the the musician okay music groupies you just want you just want some some scintillating nasty nitty-gritty like backstage stories about whores don't you side no, out no 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 no, 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 no i kind do <laughs> okay she wants to hear about the whores i want to hear about did you ever did you ever get into drugs um, not not serious ones. Really? Yeah, not like just Andy. Some party drugs. Yeah, just you know, nothing that would, no, nothing that would really. In, it it has to enhance, not hinder what I'm doing up there. Have you done coke? Yeah, not not a favorite of mine. I like drugs that slow my head down. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's like, like weed. Yeah, um, that that's that that's happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my my brain's usually going pretty fast. So I mean, doing blow. You know, that doesn't sound appealing. All right. I, mean, I, I can see that. I'm already an ins- insomniac. Like, part of me wants... I've never done any kind of illegal drug, ever. But part of me wants... Are you still on that... Tra- really? You told yeah. me that like a year ago, and I thought you were full of it. No, no. I and thought- and I thought maybe you'd break your cherry by the, by the next time we talk. I'll so, tell you, so how can I corrupt you, Saito? I'll tell you why I don't, is I know my... I don't handle moderation well. Like, mm-hmm. if I like something, I have to do it until it's ruined. Even even on like a small scale, this this coffee I have right here, I discovered these frappuccino things about <laughs> about forty days ago, a month or so ago. Big girl, and now I have one every fucking day <laughs> at eight dollars a piece. Uh, smoking, I didn't start smoking till I was twenty one, twenty or twenty one, and then it was two and a half packs a day for the next thirteen years. All right, well, oh. hey, you know, maybe you need a life coach or something. You know, yeah. So so well, luckily I have the sense to not. Try Coke because right. then I would be I'd be Tony Montana, but without the money. <laughs> right. So right. so that's why I've never done illegal drugs. So yeah, sorry, sorry. No, no great. Uh, you don't have to get drug stories. No, no great drug stories. Okay. Um, uh, you know, not not who's not, the yeah. who's the uh, you've I'm sure you've been on the road with some higher profile acts and been around some higher profile acts, maybe names even. Who's the biggest prick you've ever worked with? Let's do some name dropping here. Oh, They're not going to hear my. this. Uh, aren't, aren't they? Uh, the eight boy, people that hard. hear this might. That's hard. Actually, you know what? As far as the, the, like, the people that have actually, that are names that you guys would know, ah, this is going to sound like such a chicken shit. But the most of the people, except uh, Bullet Boys, um, except for, you know, very, very few, uh, if they're working for a living, uh, and they have a name, they're probably not that antisocial and probably have 
some diplomacy. It's the people at my level that a lot of, of working musicians aspire towards something else. And then if you don't get there and you get bitter, then you become difficult to work with on my level. Right. And my level is just, you know, blue collar. We're just, you know. Yeah. We're, everyone, we're, we're the the other guys are nice because they're rich. They're happy. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. But also because they appreciate like, you know, when you. The work it takes. The work it takes. And if you do get to work with guys that have a name, they're nine times out of 10, the most gracious cats. Mm. And the ones that usually aren't are the ones that blew it and are trying to crawl back or weren't weren't that good in the first place. I mean, I don't know how many times when I was doing that metal show in Salt Lake and people would be like, you know, every summer it's like, hey, you going to see Poison and Motley Crue? I'm like, no. And then they're like, <laughs> why not? Because I get paid to sing those songs and I'm not really a fan. And then they come back the next week and they're like, you know, Joe Elliott really, he doesn't sound that good anymore. I'm like, he didn't sound that good when he was fucking 20. It's uh, here's and I've I've rambled on this about every podcast I've ever done. Uh, my flagship person to to shit on is Vince Neil. Oh, just atrociously bad, dude. It's, and I know that's your guilty pleasure, dude. That band is your guilty Molly, pleasure. They're not even my guilty pleasure. They're my straight up like when growing up, they were the baddest ass dudes in the world. But I but I am fully aware of what it is. Right, right. They're they they're a good drummer. They're a, they're a well, they got some hey. Mick Mars is an underrated player. They got some good wrists. I'm not going. They're into just. This. They're I'm just, not going into hey, this. With no, we're this going guy. into this. You goddamn music snob, son of a bitch. Uh, they were. They were. They were a, a solid Why rock can't band. Can't we talk about the bands I like, guy? What about but, me? Because because the band you like are playing in coffee shops and parks. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody. But, nobody's lined up to see. Bottom Elbow. line is Vince Neil sucks. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, moving on. So the band you were talking about that you coughed. We'll, we'll call them the. The Bong Boys. The Bonget Boys. The Bong Boys. Yeah, um, I did did a uh, did a couple little short uh, tours around California, actually the Midwest too, with uh, uh, with a band that had like one or two hits. Smooth up. Yep, and then uh, it went south uh, for them, and uh, then uh, before the '80s stuff really started coming back. So like. You know, it was late '90s when they couldn't get arrested. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then they had to, uh, you know, uh, all the you know one of those bands where all the members can't talk to each other anymore. So there's one original guy, mm-hmm. and then maybe he'll get together with the second original guy if they really you know are are sober that week or whatever. Uh, and uh, uh, they didn't have a bass player, so uh, they could only afford me. <laughs> which, 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 if you, if you see me play bass, it's not a you know. <laughs> There's a reason they could afford you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, didn't you go to the Musician Institute for bass? I did initially. Um, actually, actually, I'm a decent bass player. I, d- I don't get to do it very often. I got to play closing day at Canyons uh, about a month ago with uh, the Breakfast Club because uh, uh, the the number one and two bass players weren't weren't available, and that's how we do things in Park City Productions. Is everybody you know, learns multiple shows. So I had to spend a couple of weeks, you know, I do that show once, twice a year, but it's fun to play bass. It's fun to not be a lead singer. Yeah. It's fun to just lay down a pocket with a drummer. Uh, and especially, man, we did uh, Duran Duran Rio uh, and just, you know, some of that stuff. For those of you listening. Great, great bass lines, this man. Is, this fun is how stuff. I'm going to call bullshit that you're not that good of a bass player because get on YouTube if you're listening right now and Google Duran Duran Rio isolated <laughs> bass track. Yeah, it's real it, it's deal. It's Jimi Hendrix on on bass. It's it's, it's funk. It's, yeah, it's it, crazy. It's it's funk with synthesizers and and eighties haircuts. But I mean those band th- those guys were players in in a lot of those 
Yeah, and yet there's always something you can learn doing cover tunes, you know, and, and sometimes we'll get musicians that'll approach Park City Productions, especially around Sundance. Hey, you got any gigs for us during Sundance? It's like, first of all, we only do cover stuff. You know, it's like, you know, what do you do? Uh, well, we sound like, uh, I don't want sound like. I want Brown Eyed Girl and I want fucking right. right. songs that are going to, our job as musicians is to sell booze. Right. I mean, you know, that that's, we're part of the, the bar staff and the restaurant staff. I, I get that. I did something similar, not on, not on your level, but like you probably have people asking you all the time, why don't you do originals? And I know the answer to that. It's because nobody gives a shit. Um, it's, it's partially, it's partially that, but, uh, also honestly, guy, I, I haven't written a song in 10 years. And when I did, it was, it very forced, it never felt natural. Right. Uh, when I sit down to write or to blog, um, that feels more like my, my, my muse, but I am enjoying the way that I'm doing cover tunes. Like with, like with, with cover dogs, I mean, we'll open, I get to just do the most amazing guilty pleasure stuff in all of rock history. Mm-hmm. We get to open up with some Beatles or we just added, who are you? Um, to born to run. Uh, we just added Amy Winehouse re- rehab, um, just all over the place. And I, I think I have entertainers ADD because I always need to not only do things that are not musical, right. Um, you know, TV production or, or, or whatever. Um, I do like, you know, making little, little films and such, but, um, but I also need musically to keep throwing a whole bunch of stuff at myself. Yeah. Um, and, and I've got great players that allow me to do it. So it's, I've, easy. I've seen, it's, it's amazing to me that cause you have so many bands that are interchangeable because, uh, you, you can take one guy out and put another guy in. I've tried that and it's not easy to just, you think you know it by the, by the recording and then you go and play it and it's like, Oh no, that's different. And that's different. So that's pretty admirable. You did you did that show, the the Metal Gods, at a bar here in Salt Lake called Liquid Joe's for how many years? Eight, eight. Every Thursday, you had to have seen some crazy shit there. Uh did you, did you ever get in a fight? Did you ever get uh, beat up? Never, uh, never got in a fight. God, there was a lot of guys that want to kick the shit out of me. Probably because they're probably because their wives wanted to bang. Yeah, that was a pretty loose room morally. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, there was, there was some stuff. Yeah. Well, all right. I will, I will tell. All right. One story then. Um, not, yeah. All right. One time, <laughs> only one time because you really try not to shit where you eat Seidel, but there was, who does there, Well, <laughs> uh, ostensibly professionals. Uh, but there was one time that I just said the hell with it and ended up, you know, hooking up with a girl in the bathroom of the uh, dressing room. But of course the one time I chose to do that one time and it was really loud, (laughs) but the one time I chose to do that, I opened the door and the club owner was sitting right there. She's like, really? You couldn't get a room. I'm like, fuck. (laughs) So see, it was early on. I'm like, well, I'm good. I'm going to go with my judgment next time and stick to my guns. So so that was the only time. At the club. At, in the club itself. In the club. Yeah. Okay. You try not to do that if you're professional people. Come on, kids. I'm, Come on, kids. I don't, I don't, I can't grasp that because I've, I don't think I have ever had the power to where a chick's like, we have to bang now. In this two foot by three foot in this, stinky. In this closet. Dressing room bathroom. <laughs> like, I'm not that fuckable. Like, 
If if I am fuckable, it's always like, hey, maybe later we'll get a room or guy. It was all the wig. Get some beers in me. It was all the wig. Next time you're out my way, I'll I'll let you raid the closet. How's how is this? How did this feel? Uh, okay, so so making some local references, you people across the country that are hearing. Uh, he played at this bar called uh, Liquid Joe's every day for it, and then it got moved to a club called Club Vegas. And somebody painted a giant ass mural on the side of the building of you. How cool was that? That was pretty badass, I gotta say. Yeah, I gotta say. And actually, what's badder asser than that? And if somebody wants to dig online and try to find this, uh, one time, uh, one summer during a do tour. Uh, Sean White came through, and I guess he was driving by, and he had his do tour trophy, mm-hmm. and he stopped and he posed in front of it with the with the metal oh, really? with oh, the metal cool. horns and stuff. <laughs> but I I saw the picture once and then never saw it again. But uh, yeah, that's out out there somewhere. And then and then they painted over it, so it's not there anymore. Yeah, yeah, that that bar's been about a hundred things since. Yeah, that's uh, too bad. But now and now you're uh, you're. Uh, uh, Redneck and mullet hatchet. That probably doesn't draw the same amount of attention from the ladies. Well, you know what? It is a little more uh, uh, frightening when somebody wants to bang Taylor Parks. When they <laughs> wanted to bang the Nigel character, I could understand that because he was British, you know, and you know, calling is sexy, you know, and kind of that. I'm Shirtless. sending, I'm sending you, uh, I'm sending you to the clinic way, you know. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> assless uh, chaps. But but Taylor Parks, you know, man, having the mullet and the twofers blacked out, man, and. Well he, well, he ain't interested in you anyway unless you're his cousin. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it is it is a little disconcerting when chicks actually are like, hi. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I, the, 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 the band, there's people out there, and I'm, I sure got some friends that are listening that have been in bar bands. It's it's so fun in hindsight, but there's days when you're there where you're just like, God, i got to set up, got to play this stupid song again, blah, 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 blah. My band was in... Uh, this little town called Roosevelt, Utah, one time. Uh, it's I don't even know what the population is, but it's a tiny-ass town. And it's near an Indian reservation. So we roll up, and we're setting up. This is like 6, 7 o'clock. Uh, you know the drill. You're setting up everything, getting sound checked. You know, but drummer's driving you nuts, hitting his drum nonstop. Bah, 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 bah. Uh, so we're setting up, and we we, we look at the, at the front of the room, and people, there was a few people in there, but not many yet. These two just... Brutally unattractive women, like these were these were garbage pale kid looking bitches, and and my buddy comes up to me and he's like, "Let's start a rumor." I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "I'm gonna go tell the people at the bar that you're the that your real job you're the bass player for Incubus because nobody knew what the hell the bass player for Incubus looked like." It's like we're gonna go tell them that you're the bass player for Incubus and you just play guitar in this cover band for fun when you're not on the road. We'll see if it can like get around the room. It'll be it'll be fun. I'm like, all right, let's see if that see if that works. So uh, he goes up and he starts talking to the bartender, and these two just, ugh, just these <laughs> unfuckable hags. Oh god, they were they were the worst. Like they were. Anyway, yeah. So so I'm up on stage tuning my guitar or whatever, and I hear guy. So I look over and he like waves, and the bartender and the other two chicks kind of wave, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, hey, that's me, that's me, hey. You know, bass player for Anchorman. <laughs> so, night goes on. We're playing. Well, these these two trolls are just dancing in front of me, shaking oh, their flapjack titties. They, they wanted you so bad, dude. Yeah, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Well, hey, they were st- we started the rumor. They probably think I'm famous. You know, whatever. And everybody in my band is cracking up. Oh, fucking night. I'm come like, on, what dude. the hell? Tell me you did it. Go. No. Turns out those fuckers <laughs> they weren't telling them that I was the bass player in Anchorman. They were up there telling them I thought they were hot. 
Oh, yeah. So then they, they look back at me, and I'm like, hi. <laughs> and they're like, oh, he was. Oh, man. <laughs> you sons of bitches. Did you run with your hair on fire? Oh, man. Tell you what. Did there you get was out of there the hottest, The hottest chick in that room, I remember this. Like Because at that time, there were five of us, and, and four of us were single. Like We all could have went home with a harem, yeah. but we all went home empty-handed. Well, maybe not. Yeah, uh, well, but sometimes it's better to take care of business yourself. Yeah, but the the hottest chick in that room that night was like, uh, uh Kathy Bates. Yikes. Looking like good it times. Was, good times. See people, the rock and roll. It's all glory. It is all glory. Well, and sunshine and rainbow farts and the music. The musician life is a little bit more respected. Like like I'm a comedian now, yeah. so you get off stage as a comedian. People are like, oh, that was great. How you talked about how terrible you are. So there's not a whole <laughs> lot of attraction to to the comic. Right, and unless uh, I'm, I'm sure you probably get a lot of uh, self-loathing chicks that uh, that are uh, ah down down for your jokes. Nah, not really. I, like it's not a sexually attractive thing. I think people want to hang out with comics because they're funny, or they or they think they're go. That's a big myth is they think they're going to be funny when typically they're not. They're usually miserable bastards. Right. That's hard for me to believe because I'm I'm a woman and I think that funny is sexy. On a superficial level, but once you get to know comedians, most comedians are sad people. Sad people. Yeah. I that's why I started. I'm not anymore. But like when I started, I was in a, I was depressed and I was self-loathing and you can cry. And then here we go. I'm, I'm gonna cry. You can cry. No, just kidding. If you want to. I got I got I got a cat. I'm happy. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> no, yep. it's it's very true. I mean, uh, comedians more so than I think probably any other entertainer uh it's just so bare what you do i have so n- no envy for your job man stand up there and, and doing stand up it's uh it's a it's an art it's the it's the scariest thing in entertainment you know aside from barnyard porn i've been hey that's not that that's not that bad i've tried it um <laughs> <laughs> just kidding that's, that's that's she's from montana she's probably like so uh, she, I, 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 I fucked um, a horse <laughs> <laughs> have you fucked a horse uh i, I haven't I'm, hey you never know. Have you milked a cow? Have I milked a cow? Yes. No, but I've milked a goat. Okay, that's that's respectable. So you got the whole, you know, that's, I motor think I've skill. got the motion okay. down. Yeah. Cool. yeah. We'll talk later. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. Let's leave for a minute. Now wait a minute. You okay? You were you were a a, a you were raised Mormon in Montana? Yeah. What part of Montana? Uh, central Montana, rural town. So like town the of shitty 200 part. people, yeah. Well, I, well, people have this misconception. You've been around the country. People think Montana, mm. they think beautiful big skies and waterfalls right. and lakes. We have Most those. of Montana is a big prairie piece of shit. Yes, like 60, 70% of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then there's nice little pockets. Right. Bozeman's and, nice. And, yeah. and, and culturally, probably pretty one-dimensional. Yes, very, very much so. Are you so. saying they might be conservative? Uh, are, uh, are you just, don't put are words you saying in they mind? love guns up there? And hey, most of this country, most of this country, you've you've driven around. You, I have. You've seen some of this uh, this kooky place. A, a lot of it. This, so, um, this empire. But you were homeschooled as well. I know. I have no how idea are you? how because you're social. Am, you're pretty socially adept. Yeah. And and pretty in tune. How did that happen? Because you should be like ridiculously out there. I should Montana homeschooled Mormon. Not that they're not. Then that's not a bash on the Mormons, yeah. but Mormons are typically pretty. Uh, uh, protective of their their own, and they yes. keep kind of a bubble. Very so you sheltered. had that bubble, Absolutely. and then yeah. you also had the homeschool bubble. Yeah, 
And then you had the Montana bubble. How the hell did you break out of that? How'd you escape? I think, um, I don't know. My parents were pretty normal, I think. everyone's really? Everyone's parents are crazy, right? Yeah. My parents socially weren't crazy. They were just maybe politically What was crazy. the reason for homeschooling? My mom felt that she had a better idea of what we should be learning than the state did. She was concerned well, about was the. Montana. She, she was concerned about the liberal agenda <laughs> we were being fed in school. Oh right! Oh wow! It's the gays. It's it is the. Gays. It's the gay agenda. Yeah. yeah. The gays are taking over. Because <laughs> if you learn about it in school, you will become yes. it. Yes. And that, and then now you're you're living in the city and you're a comedian and you mm-hmm. enjoy brownies. I love brownies. Brownies are delicious. Brownies, wink, wink. They make me very. Oh. Chocolate makes me happy. Brownies. Yes. Chocolate. Did you bring enough for the whole class? Oh, I have to run home and do some baking. Exactly. <laughs> did you bring enough for the whole class? I didn't. See? <laughs> Fail. You got the worst guess ever. Fail. I don't, I don't even eat, I know. Well, quote, brownies. Well, where's my bagel platter, Seidel? Did you bring any brownies, Seidel. Sasha? Nope. We got to ask the one chosen person. You know See, what it is? I wanted a bagel platter first thing in the morning. I think sarcasm saved my life. Really? Yeah, I think sarcasm is why I'm normal. Good. If my parents hadn't been sarcastic, really, really? really? so normal. A dick. (laughs) (laughs) If my parents hadn't been sarcastic, I probably would have been, but everything was given with a dose of sarcasm. Oh, so they they were religious, but they weren't humorless. Right. Oh, you see that. that. See, because the way when I when if somebody said homeschooled Mormon in Montana, I'd picture it's time to go turn the butter out there. You better get out there. Get the whole thing out. No one churned butter? Oh, I know how to churn butter. Oh, do you? Really? Yeah. Yeah. This chick's real farm girl here. This is kind of cute. Did you was did you grow up on a farm? Yeah. Hundred and twenty acres. That's a lot of fucking land. People don't yeah. realize that. They say because when you hear about forest fires, you're like, oh, it burns forty million acres. Right. You're just probably like, oh, that's probably like a football field. An acre is like your yard. Right. Whoever is listening, your yard's not an acre. Nope, maybe a quarter acre. Yeah, third. Mm-hmm. So right. that's a lot of land. One hundred twenty acres. What the yeah. hell do you do with that? Uh, we had cows, so they mostly just grazed on it. In Montana, that's like a big backyard. So, so you're used to like some good old beef, some good yeah. steaks. Yeah, we raise our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I've never, I've never. Good. I like a meat snob. Yeah. yeah I, there's I, one thing I'm a snob about. You know, I don't mind a cheap steak. Like, I I'll eat a Denny snake steak. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'd, don't I'd do prefer, that. I prefer Ruth's Chris, which is the hardest mm-hmm. word to ever say. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pound a, a steak from Village. Yeah, coming up, coming up, see me every Sunday night at Prime six thirty. Prime tonight, huh? Exactly. <clears throat> what am I planning? I've been off for a couple of weeks. It's shoulder season. Haven't because uh, most of the restaurants closed down for like uh, six weeks. Tony so. Tony always posts his uh, set list on on Facebook of what he played the night before, and I like to bust his balls a little bit because he'll play like <laughs> what? No Hanson. He'll play he'll play the the like obvious like hits, but then he'll throw in some some super obscure hipster ass something or other it's not like, hipster stuff some obscure uh folky shit like what what's an example oh uh, like you know like uh, i don't know ryan adams or uh that's not that bad like, ray, ray, ray lamontaine uh that works well at the steakhouse uh, i love a band from uh the uk called elbow uh some some Brit- floaty british stuff like uh travis and stereophonics and i love radiohead and and i just i can add I've been adding like a Beatles song every week or two. Was, uh, that's that's where Tony and I have common ground. The Beatles are the best band of all time. Oh yeah, that's inarguable. And and if and if you want to learn how to play classic rock on acoustic guitar, just pick apart every Beatles song you can. 
because yeah. they're, they're they are encyclopedic with uh, their the way they utilize uh, theory. Um, just you can just learn so many chord inversions and stuff. And I'm not a great natural musician, but learning as many songs as I can because because I get bored with myself. And if I'm playing for three four hours a night, five six nights a week, I don't want to do the same mm. songs. There was a couple nights at, at Prime where I had three nights in a row, and I usually only do two. And I tried to, uh, except for one request, I did all three nights without repeating a song, um, ah. which was kind of a gift to, well, the, you, you know to a, the staff so they don't have to like, hear the same shit You either. know a fucking zillion songs, because you've been doing this since the 80s. <laughs> Old man. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> That's it. Krusty. I better, I better figure out a new profession. Nobody wants a... Fat old rock star. <laughs> that's that's another thing. You're 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 in good shape. I I came here from yoga, so oh good man. Aww. So I can't talk too much shit on your on your folky ass music or my Subaru or your Subaru or uh, or, or my last uh, tour, my yoga rock tour. You did y- y- yes. Let's talk about that for a minute. You did a yoga rock, which is silly sounding, but it makes sense. What was it? It's it's it sounds a little counterintuitive because uh, I I don't like rock music while I'm doing yoga, either no music or something ambient, something Eastern. But a good friend of mine who actually sold me my house, she has been teaching military fitness and yoga training for the Department of Defense for about six years. And she had the idea of bringing me along uh, to Europe back in uh, March to uh, do yoga classes with her to provide a, a live soundtrack while she taught yoga classes in, in a lot of cases to soldiers who had never done yoga before. So it was pretty emotional. It was, it was very cool. And I've been doing uh, department of defense tours on and off for about 15 years. Uh, but this is the first time I went to these countries. We were the first entertainers to go over to uh, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, and Poland for um, operation Atlantic resolve. It's called, mm-hmm. and it's, we're doing ex- our soldiers are doing exercises with Baltic and Polish and Eastern Bloc, former Eastern Bloc countries, because of what uh, Putin's doing in uh, uh, the Ukraine. Actually, riding around without a shirt—that's all I know. He does. I don't know. I'm Putin. Yeah, on a bear. On a bear. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's 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 a kooky guy. Yeah. Yeah. A little weird. So uh, so we are actually helping our NATO allies over there. And uh, training with their soldiers, and uh, Sarah and I got to go over there and teach yoga classes, and she taught uh, ruck training classes and a couple different things. And then every day that we were over there, I did a little concert, usually in the dining facility uh, for soldiers. And some of them were American, sol- most of them were American soldiers, but there was also native, you know, Estonian, Latvian, Polish soldiers, and like dining facility workers. So there was locals there and stuff. So I got to interact uh, with uh, with a lot of people. Over there, so you, yeah. so you've been doing the, the USO stuff and the, and the UAE stuff for a while. Yep, USO uh, and uh, Armed Forces Entertainment and Morale, Welfare, and Recreation are the names of those. So have you have you been you've been to the sand, right? Been been to the sand, not as much as a couple other guys that I know that I toured with on and off. But uh, we got to take my U two tribute uh, back in 2011. We were one of the last bands to go through Iraq before we pulled out of the, the last troops. Did you go to Iraq. Saddam's palace? Did uh, really? w- which one? <laughs> there's there's like half a dozen of them. Oh really? Yeah. But you so, but you got to go to one. Yeah, and I got. Is it lo- still intact or is it bombed out? It's bombed out, so I got a little piece of it. Really? I got a little piece of the marble. 
Nice. Yeah. yeah. So we got to go through uh, Mosul uh, to Crete and Baghdad and a couple uh, Duinia. I think one other uh, city that was back in 2011. And uh, 11 years before that, got to go through six countries in nine and a half weeks. Or no, wait, no, sorry, nine countries in six weeks through the Middle East. So we went through Bahrain, uh, Saudi Arabia, when we still had bases there, which we don't anymore. Um, Egypt, Qatar, Oman. Uh, that that was one of my favorite. Yeah, you know, so that that was before nine eleven. That was one of my favorite tours. Did you ever see any gunfire? Did not see any gunfire. Came w- within about eight hours of some mortar fire when we were in Iraq. They had to move our performance inside. They were going to have it outside, but the camp in Diwania had taken some small arms, not, or not actually it was a shell, because there was a hole in the concrete. Um, but they have small arms fire and stuff. But I never, no, I never saw. We always felt safe. When, whenever you're touring overseas for USO or Armed Forces Entertainment, you've always got an armed escort. You know, right. they're, they're making sure that you feel safe. And, yeah, it's never been never been an issue. Huh. Well, that's, that's good. You didn't get fired at. I don't want to get shot. I've Did, always... Go ahead. Anna. Oh, I was just—I was curious if you got to interact with any of the locals at all while yeah. you were there. Uh, depends on which country. I mean, mm-hmm. the Middle East—you you got to do that less. Mm-hmm. But definitely in Europe. I mean, we got to stay in off base for 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 this tour. USO, you usually stay in uh, civilian uh, hotels. But uh, when it's Armed Forces Entertainment, like when we went through Bosnia and Kosovo back mm-hmm. in the late '90s, early 2000s. You were sleeping in tents and cots and sleeping bags, but the Balkans was harder to go out and wander and meet locals. Mm-hmm. But in the Baltics and Poland, yeah, we, we were out every night doing something, cruising around town, seeing the sights and talking to people. And uh, it's funny, the, the last night in, in Poland, we were just hanging in the lobby and met this dock worker from uh, Amsterdam, uh, and and he's like, oh, my son plays guitar, and you know, will you grab your guitar? So we just went up to the hotel bar and played for civilians, you know, and just played just for the at, fuck of it. yeah, just just for the hell of it. You know, they turned off the stereo and the uh, just sat in the corner and just did a bunch of requests. There was a table of people from Poland, table of people from Greece. There was a German table, uh, so Sarah got up and danced with one of the <laughs> German guys, and and so yeah, I love Europe, and I I. Wish I could spend more time over mm-hmm. there, and part of the reason is I love talking geopolitics, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. Sorry, back to back to the dick joke soon here, guy. But <laughs> I, I, I like talking geopolitics, mm-hmm. and it's really enjoyable for me to do that in Europe. A, a lot of Americans are either f- afraid, timid to to talk about Operation Atlantic Resolve or yeah. or or anything we're doing overseas, because a lot of people think, oh, it's automatically all bad, automatically all good depending on which side of the political tracks you, you sit on. But there are places in the world where America's money and military power does good. And right now, one of those places are the, the states that are bordering Russia. Because if you're following what is going on in the Crimea, in Ukraine, it's blatant aggression. And we have ties with nato and we have treaties with nato so that's why we're over there so that's why i got to go i mean i wish there was no war but if there is send me over there oh yeah we need a singer yeah. lightning round of questions i'm gonna ask you a couple of questions uh 
as far as music goes, uh, being in a band all these years, you know, 25 years or whatever, have you ever been in a fist fight? No. No? Surprisingly not. Wow. Um, partially because uh, I'm a pussy, but, um, but also because I'm usually pretty, pretty good at the, the diplomacy. Okay. Yeah. I've, uh, I've been in a scrap or two, but it was never as a musician. It was a DJ. Well, fuck DJs, yeah. Jesus! I deserve <laughs> not even, my ass kicked. Not even real musicians. No, I just I wasn't even I wasn't even one of the cool musicians mixing. I was just pl- pushing play. Uh, okay, who in the band? Who of all the musicians uh, is the least coolest? Like, who gets the least attention? Well, bass player, bass always. players, yeah, always, <laughs> always. Okay, who, if you want to fly under the radio, radar, play play bass. What's the most high profile thing you've done? High profile uh, would probably been. Uh, Singing the national anthem for a Chicago Bears game. It was a preseason game, but uh, that was a that was a big shit my pants moment. Um, uh, Gato, uh, o- only real arena gig that I ever did was with an original band uh, I had in L.A. called Ego Ego Dog, and we uh, it was very Soundgarden-y Foo Fighters, and we opened for Deep Purple at the Oslo Spectrum in Norway. Oh, that was pretty badass. Nice. You know, nice. but that was in 1999, and you walk off stage, and you're like, "That was awesome! Can we do that tomorrow?" <laughs> <laughs> it never happens again. Never. <laughs> the last time. <laughs> okay, who who's the who's the biggest who's the nicest person in the business that you've met? That's that's higher profile. I asked you who the prick was, and we and we we figured out who that is. And if you actually you didn't say it, but it messaged me on Facebook if you hear this, and I'll tell you who it is. Oh wow! Oh gosh! Uh, you know who was really really gracious and i just flashed to main street in park city but both kuba gooding jr and tiger woods were mm-hmm. were in a small uh, acoustic uh gig on on different occasions and like kuba was in a conversation and i was just over in the corner playing but every time i stopped and to segue into a different song he would stop his conversation and turn and clap i mean nice. you don't need to do that dude yeah. yeah you know and and similarly tiger was was just gracious and, and cool well good and he, was there alone you gets, fucking yentas yeah he, he was there alone he's he's well relieved <laughs> he's well taken care of he's he's at ease all the time old tiger yeah he's, I would he's be. never pent up yeah you think because he's he's well taken care of <laughs> all right well that's the dirt pod podcast i want to thank my guest uh tony orris and my studio friend eileen dobbins thank and you. producer sasha bloom uh thank you guys <laughs> tune tune in again this this drops every wednesday on earholemedia.com and itunes subscribe Share this with all your friends. Um, pass it around the internet. I I don't. I want to be rich, people. I want to be the first person to ever get rich off a podcast. So uh, there we go.